0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to this quantum conversation. I'm Lorraine Gailey, and today we're talking about demystifying the new paradigm. This is a conversation also about miraculous healing and creating reality. It is powerful as we hear the story of Rick Paris and he is joined by his beautiful wife Grace. We welcome both of you to Quantum Conversations. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having us, Lauren. I really appreciate it. It's fun to be here with you.
2: Yeah, Lauren, thank you so much. Um it's always a joy to be with you and I feel like the conversations are always so natural and Unfold so much insight, so it's great to be here.
0: Well, it is wonderful to be here with you both, and we are actually all of us are joining in a celebration of your new bambino. You have a baby boy on the planet, congratulations!
2: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, he's napping, finally napping. He might join us in the middle of this, so we'll see. (laughs) Stay sleeping.
0: just a, a little young baby bambino ready to do his first youtube live stream.
1: <laughs> yeah, Maverick. Well, his name's Maverick, so
0: <laughs> okay. All right, well this is a fascinating story everyone because it is truly how we self-love, what the power of self-love as well as forgiveness of the self and also concentration and the power of the mind and rick this begins with your story for those who are not familiar it is amazing we're going to have you share it because you were pretty much dead <laughs> or close to it
1: yes, so share us this pronounced
0: dead. Mm, you were pronounced yeah, dead
1: I was dead for 18 minutes
0: yes so this is in 2006 right. 12 years ago uh, so share that story with us. Well, um, this in I mean, I've been a
1: practicing shaman for 27 years now. And I was pretty deep in it. I felt like I was an enlightened person. I knew what was going on. I knew what I was accomplishing here. I felt pretty great. I had amazing life. It was wonderful and fun. And and one day, I was just running across the street trying to beat traffic, and I misjudged some cars, and I got hit by two cars doing 40-something miles an hour, and I was killed instantly. And um, basically, when I came, when I was dead, I was went through the light, boom, I was on the other side, you know, and so I got a chance to see the outside perspective of the physical reality the physical experience is a very small experience within the context of who we are as human beings even though we are so completely inundated by it when you're in this paradigm you're really a very small piece in it, and it's only a small moment that you're really here because time technically doesn't exist so it's it's an experience where I often tell people it's like if you're at a football game watching the game and your quarterback throws a pass, the lineman tips it, it gets intercepted, and they run, and you see the whole thing. Well, most of the players on the field don't know what just happened. All they know is the guy's running the other way, and now we have to catch him. And physical reality is like that. And When, you're, when you get a chance to see outside it, you realize who you are. At least I did, let's just say. I realized who I was, what I was doing, I could dip into the experience from outside in a sense and see this sea of potential that was technically a reflection of me. And every wave was a different life, every wave. And again, I'm just, I'm just making this up because I don't know how else to explain the experience, but it was like seeing a wave of possibility. And in that wave of possibility, I could see a cresting wave. And in that cresting wave, I could touch it and recognize that the lifetime I had just left was my most profound. Mm. And I was like, Oh no, Oh no, I totally blew it. I, 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 and at the same time, I knew that I didn't blow it. I knew that I, because that cresting wave, it's like looking out on the ocean. You cannot discern one wave from another. You can't discern lifetimes. You just go into wherever you want to at any particular time. And there's, thousands and millions of lifetimes you're never going to experience or even get the get the ability to be conscious in so you kind of pick oh i want to i want to understand this and this particular lifetime offers me that and so you go into this wave and you come through into the physical and so Being outside, I got a chance to understand that physical reality really was an illusion. It really was based in the way I thought about things, but it was really based in the way I thought about things before I got here. So you create your circumstances before you get here because physical reality in its raw form is nothing more than pure possibility. It's a space that is physical possibility, and when you're outside of it, you decide, oh... I want to learn X. And then when you begun, when you dip into the experience, you'll be like, "Oh, I feel like X is over here in this area, and you go in and then you come through in a lifetime. You pop in, but you come through the birthing. So you're not conscious. You, you lose yourself in the beginning of physical reality, that was done in order to understand that what you're trying to do is become a God being here. Because it's an illusion, you're trying to learn how to create reality in accordance to your will, just like, you know, the myths and God and everybody, you know, there's this other layer, there's other level out there that we only see one level up. And that level is, wow, if I could be charge of everything, that would be so cool. So you begin to understand where you're moving to, where you're moving to is this God being that you already are, but you have to like, wake up to it. And since being a God being is a self-authored position, it takes many lifetime experiences to get to the point where I have enough information that I can start (coughs) directing the illusion. So most people aren't really at that place where they recognize, oh, wow, I'm I'm that God being here, you know, and all this around me is really Each individual blade of grass, each molecule is a reflection of my unconscious mind. And it's aligning to my choices. So the entire reality is an illusion based in beliefs. Your beliefs are just opinions you hold with conviction. They're not real. They're not based in fact. They're just things that you decided one day that that's the way it works and that's the way I'm going to believe. So the old paradigm that we're moving out of, we've already moved out of. It's like when I was dead, not dead, but I was really more alive than I am now in in a certain way. But when I was outside the physical reality, I realized, well, time's an illusion. I don't have to go back. Let me stay here and understand I'm going back consciously for the first time. So let me really understand what it is I want to save, you know, because you kind of forget when you're over there how much you lose so when I came back into the physical reality under my own choice I started losing it because I was this massive being I mean imagine that the universe and all the millions of universes exist in about a space this big it felt this big to the me that was outside of space and time and so in this bubble there were millions of universes in there mine and everybody everybody really has their own universe it's like a bubble bath we're all bumping into today you and me are sharing an experience and grace and i share one more often but right now there's there's nothing really existing outside of what you can perceive you know it's like when grace and i get into this office she's like oh i hope the dog's okay at home i like the dog doesn't even <laughs> exist if we're not in front of the dog if you can't <laughs> observe it it doesn't exist in the first place Mm-hmm. but your observation devices are calibrated by your belief constructs. So if you want to change something, when you see a pattern, if an, if the human being experiences the same thing twice, they have to understand they're living in the past in that moment. They're not really free flowing with evolution. They're not forward moving in an upward causation spiral. They're actually regressing and trying to experiencing something because you, you only have the memories that you can remember. You don't have memories from moments every moment every day. You only have memories that are specific because the days that you remember something are really parts of your experience that you either gained something that day or you lost something that day. And if you lost something that day, you want to recapture it. So you have a memory in order to go back and get, get my power back, really is all it boils down to. So I have a way to gauge because – a human being is really living in three dimensions. I'm living in the past, in the present, in the future. But the new paradigm is based in the future because the future is the source of all healing. You know, anybody who's got a chronic illness or is sick, what they are if they lose their connection with the future of being healed, they usually die because I don't see it. I don't see myself getting better. I think I'm just not going to make it, right? All these beliefs come into play, and of course, they don't make it. So beliefs precede experience, and and your beliefs are held with integrity by your subconscious. Your subconscious is like the the software in a sense. It's like you can't get out of a pattern until you understand why the pattern is being generated. You need to unplug the function behind the form. Physical form always has a function behind it. Why this is happening. Everyone happens for a reason. Well, the truth is you're supposed to make up the reason why it's happening. You're not supposed to say it's for a reason I don't know. No, you do know. You're just not conscious of it yet. And until you can bring that unconscious conscious, I won't be able to shift the pattern. And of course, there's processes to shift the pattern. So coming back with all this information, I was like, yeah, I mean, and it says I'm I'm coming back and I'm going to really explain all this stuff. Now that I understand, I knew it before, but I didn't know it like leaving and then reincarnating myself consciously. Now I really know it. So I'm going to try. I'm going to, I'm going to come back conscious. And because my lifetime was so extraordinary in the way of my own spiritual growth, when I entered back into the, the, the causal plane, the space between the physical, I could see, I went back and that lifetime was ended, but there were parallel lifetimes all around it, like sparks of light. So I picked one that was like one sliver next to it because I wanted to come back, but I couldn't come back to a life that was over. I had to come back to a life that wasn't over. So I came back and to me, everything looked the same, like my best friend moved to Chicago. We never had a conversation about him ever moving. We were talking about <clears throat> moving in together. And all of a sudden, when I came out of the hospital in the morning, which, you know, I When I came to put myself back in my body, I told them, uh, if you listen to me, I'll heal myself and walk out of this hospital tomorrow morning. Because I knew what I was, I knew the thing was an illusion and I knew how to process the illusion. And I did it. I walked out of the hospital in the morning. First car was totaled, the second car was badly damaged, and I was fine. And I did this because I understood. Now, it took me many years to really be able to articulate this to people and everybody has their own paradigm, but everybody's kind of doing the same patterns. So it's kind of like the Enneagram drive, you know, everybody has a personality drive that they're utilizing, but they their own specific pe- personality, but the Enneagram is a driver. So you have this, you have this capacity to change everything here. And even me, I understand this deeply from inside, from the outside. I can articulate anybody's problem, why they're doing it, where it's coming from, all that. But I still have problems every day. I still get stuck because everything's a reflection. So it has to go through your subconscious and then come back at you through the world. So all these political problems right now in all these governmental, like a uh, geopolitical problems and all this stuff is really a reflection of the adolescent in all of us that hasn't been healed. I mean, don't TV look like high school all over again, the way people are talking to each other and the way they're not junior listening.
0: High. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and you're right because most people, that's really where they got hurt was junior high. Yeah. They got, they got scarred and it's part of your process to get scarred in order to become a transformed adult. You have to have that adolescence ripped away from you. Icarus is the myth of having that ripped away, getting too full of myself and then falling from grace. Well, it's really falling from this. Your soul gets cut and there's a wound that has to be healed. And only the adult in you knows how to heal that. And only mm-hmm. the adult in you know how, knows how to, to utilize the child and the adolescent qualities appropriately. All these people, these words you keep saying, oh, I'm adulting right now. No, that's an adolescent. If anybody even says they're adulting, they're <laughs> an adolescent because the adolescent is an actor. They're always emulating what they think adulthood should look like and what kind of man should I be or what kind of woman should I be. And, you know, I sh- all that stuff is what the adolescent does because the adolescent in us is not self-authored. They haven't had an opportunity to be self-authored because they're going through a process of what it is to be physical. So what we do is we help people recognize where they are. Like if somebody's in a pattern, I'll identify the pattern and in the communication between me and them, I will tell them what is going on. I will tell them where it's coming from. Not because I say so, but because in the conversation they're having with me, I hear the truth and then I just follow it down to they're like, oh my God, that's exactly what I'm doing. I I didn't realize what I was doing. That's why there's 8 billion people on the planet. You can't figure it out by yourself. You need to create a positive feedback mechanism. And if everything's a reflection of my unconscious mind, what am I to listen to? What's more important than other things? How do I know what's more important, right? So the adult needs to operate from a different paradigm. The child has a paradigm. The adolescent has a paradigm. And the, oh, here's Maverick.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And homie. Oh, Maverick, what a cute little baby boy.
1: Thank you. Yeah, he's a sweetie. Let's How be. old
0: is Maverick? It's
1: three months. Three months yesterday.
0: Wow, you guys are doing good. You're in sync and rhythm now. Hi, Maverick. What a cute little baby. Oh, <laughs> sweet.
1: Yeah,
2: it's your he's first webinar. Yeah, look at you. His Already. first That's webinar, good. and he
0: yeah. is what what a great head start he has on this planet to have parents like you who who get it and and can really assist him he's one of the new children that are mm-hmm. arriving and i'm going to cry cuz there's so much hope in the world with these children and you know even in our community there's um we we have a vote to reduce the age limit for who can run for office so even young kids are now going to be running for office we still have this this structure in our paradigm of leadership, but we're making way for the young ones. So that's beautiful.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I I I'm really torn about that myself because most of the people in the world are acting emul, they're adolescents, they're adaptive adolescents, right? So if we allow an adolescent to be in charge without any wisdom and without any experience, because they all they're doing is emulating like the kids on the whole gun control thing. They're emulating what their parents said and they don't have any experience to make those kind of choices. They may have a voice and they should have a voice, but to dictate what an adolescence is saying, if any of us look back, we were freaking crazy when we were adolescents, we didn't know anything about what was going on. Even no matter how well we could articulate it to anybody, we really didn't have the wisdom and the experience. And so until a person be, can get out of that paradigm there's no possible way to live anything else. And so it's like recognizing, okay, if my child, like an adolescent has a capacity to either act from childhood or adolescence, but they can't really be an adult because they don't know what that is. And most of the people raising these children are not adults either. They're adulting. They're in martyr and they're feeling self-pity about, oh, it's so hard to do this and telling the kids, you know, how difficult it is to raise kids and how much does it take? And it's expensive. And, you know, and there are a lot of people who are in deep self-pity and martyr about raising their children because they're the adolescent them had never really progressed. And that's not really to say that's a problem. Like it's a problem because it is a problem now, but it's part of evolution. We have to go through these processes. We have to understand unconditional love. And we learn that when we're small, like this guy right here, he's receiving everything. He's not asking for anything. He doesn't have to even have language and he gets everything taken care of. We come in 100% receiving this place. And then we get that taken away from us by our parents and by, because our parents didn't understand how to instill it. They didn't understand how to, where a mindset was because when you go from childhood to adolescence there's a shift previous to adolescence most kids you'll watch them be attracted to being around father they move away from the mother to unconditional love and then they go after self-esteem and conditional love so then they start i want to be with you dad and do what dad likes and dad want to be proud of me because now they're learning they can earn love not only do they get unconditional love they also can earn love right Then they go through puberty, and then they separate from both parents. I don't want to be around you guys. You guys don't know what you're talking (laughs) about anymore. They're cooler
0: than we are, right? Yeah,
1: (laughs) because they think they know, and they're trying to figure it out, and and rightly so. But there has to be another transformational shift away from adolescence into adulthood. And if we don't know how to create that environment, and it needs to be self-authored, because the new paradigm is a self-authored paradigm. The problems we're having are a function of the adolescent and child needs that haven't been fulfilled and been stuffed in our unconscious. And we can't evolve with this in the background. So the background is now coming forward and it's looking really crazy right now because there's a lot of adolescents running the the program. So if you don't know how to remove yourself from that, you're not going to be you're going to get caught up in it, too. Because your own adolescence is going to side with whatever makes sense to you. Pro-gun, anti-gun, pro-capitalism, pro-socialism. you know, There's all these dichotomies. Because the adolescent only knows black and white. They don't want gray. Adolescents don't want gray. I'm trying to figure it out. And if I pick gray, there's no way for me. And I'm in a panic because I'm growing up and I need to make some choices. Mm -hmm. So there's this angst underneath everybody. And so people need to wake up wake up. It's like, if you say that you're not awake because being awake to the new pair is recognizing I have to author this. I have to be the one anchor in the reality that is not doing that, that I'm going to see your side. I'm going to understand where you're coming from. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to try to find a solution that offers both of us a elevated perspective. Like most people believe that uh, like a lot of times we do a lot of couples stuff, And oftentimes, almost every time, people really come into the sessions thinking, well, we have to compromise if we're going to – no, no compromises in this situation. The problem is compromise because compromise is two people going to a lower level to find something, and there's no fulfillment there. Fulfillment comes when I fulfill a preference. This is what I really want, and this brings me joy. But if I compromise, both people aren't in a state of joy, and then they also – pick a pattern that's going to work for both of us but nobody's really excited because it takes more imagination it takes more communication it takes more of that to come to an elevated solution for both of for both sides instead of one wins and one loses because the adolescent thinks if you win i lose Mm -hmm. no you really don't but if you see it that way it's gonna it ends up being a paradigm of domination and that's what you see going on because the adolescent is attempting to dominate all the time It's dominate the position. If I can dominate you, if I can come out and make you change and do what I say, and if I get enough people behind me, it's all about dominating where the new paradigm is about having dominion to go inside and know I need to resolve this situation for myself before I can ever go out and be a voice.
0: Yes. Well, okay. All right. You're saying some good things here. And we are, there's one thing that I said we were not going to discuss, but we are going to discuss it later because you can answer that from a perspective. And really, what's needed here is a higher perspective. We call it being an adult. Would you say that it's also. The higher self—it's what we know within ourselves. It's the—it's um, integrity that we know within ourselves. And when you were in that greater part of you, you went quantum. You were in the quantum field. You were in all that is. You saw all your lifetimes, and you saw this little speck of you, and you came back into it, and you saw those parallel lifetimes as well. I do want you to speak more of that. Um, and you talk about the molecule. It's a molecule of consciousness, a molecule of thought. And so, is it frozen thought? Did you see your higher self? You know, we talk about connecting with our higher self in a deep well, way. You, what's your What's your take on that?
1: You are your higher self outside. We of space. are. See what your higher self is doing is sending out a million sparks of light in a defined experience. And waiting for the one that finds its way home. okay. And then the one out of all these lifetimes that finds their way back to their higher self is the one that the higher self wants to co-create with. Because all the other ones have not come home. And it only takes one lifetime. It takes one person to change your universe. It doesn't take 51%. It doesn't take 100 monkeys. It doesn't, none of that. It just takes an individual empowering themselves and realizing you're here to love and understand, not be loved and understood. And Uh, that's the adolescent. The adolescent wants to be loved and understood. I want my parents to understand me. I want reality to understand. I want to be understood. No, the adult, the adult, I need to learn to be understanding of all these things. I need to be loving, not be loved. Those are the lesser aspects that are in pain, trying to resolve that pain. You're the only one. You right now are the only one that has the wisdom to go back and unplug those things. So we teach people how to do that. Adulthood has to be a new paradigm. And so a paradigm is created through three dimensions I usually, I even drew it out just so it'd be easier to understand. Awesome. It's kind of like this. And what happens is, imagine this piece of paper is possibility forever, three-dimensionally. But you want to come into physical reality. So you have to make some choices before you get here because I have to define the space of what's probable. Otherwise, if I put a spark into possibility, I'm just going to split up in a million places and I don't know where I am. So we create this framework in three dimensions. Beliefs and attitudes are how high is my cube. My choices and decisions that I make around my beliefs and attitudes are how wide do I experience myself in reality. And my thoughts and feelings are how deep am I? How much does my reality impact me? And of course, some people have a brick standing on end. Some people have a brick flat. Everybody has a different shape. So... What you're doing is you need to understand these three dimensions and understand, well, if I'm very successful with money, but I have no relationships, I'm not understanding how to drag my beliefs. What, what makes me successful over there can make me successful in another area if I were to apply myself. But you, in order, this is significance. To make something significant is to give it mattering. In order for something to take on shape in a physical reality, it's either light or matter mattering is significance light is releasing significance so there's this balance if i'm going to create reality i have to understand how to make something significant enough that it comes into experience but not so significant that i can't change it and see the adolescent cannot do that the adolescent does not know how to discern any of that because he's coming from a past they're coming from what my parents religion and governments have taught me i'm not coming from a self-authored position so how the hell do i get out of the it's a catch 22 and the way you get out ultimately, and this is part of what we teach you, you have to find values that the individual has because the adolescent will go, Oh, I got a value of creativity and I have a value of freedom and I have a value. I have all these values and go, well, do you live them? Because if they're a value, every time I make a choice, I have to weigh that against my value. Is this giving me more freedom, more ability to be understanding? Is this giving me greater communication? If the choice is no, I cannot go after that thing, regardless of how good it looks, because I won't be fulfilled without these feelings. So there's no significance. So it's very difficult to create a reality if there's no significance in it. And right now, everybody's trying to say, oh, have no expectation. Don't just be be in the now. It doesn't work because the future... Is what motivates no human being exists without a future. I got news for you, Eckhart. You totally don't know what you're talking about. And that makes people angry because they want it to be. I don't want to think about the future. I don't want to imagine something better. It's easy to imagine the whole world going to shit in a handbag. Because it's easy. It's easy. It's hard to imagine how is it going to work out? How how is it going to how am I going to be a person that contributes to it working out? You see, and that has to come from values.
0: And right now here, what they, they mean by being in the now, that's how you create the future. And that's what you, what you did. That's what you did. So, well, go, I didn't do it exactly like that. The future needs to be
1: created first. Because like I say, I have a, I'm going to sit here and be fulfilled on this couch. And I can do every, everything I need, you know, but eventually I'm going to have to go to the bathroom or I have to get hungry, right? If I have to go to the bathroom, I'm imagining myself being relieved is why I get off the couch. <laughs> you see, that's what you're mad. People don't recognize that that's what's really happening. What's really happening is I have to generate a future and then act on it in the now. Yeah. If I don't act on it in the now, it's just a fantasy and it's it's not going to help me. Right. It's like, I have to have a vision, which has to be the imagination. The imagination is the workhorse in the new paradigm. It's not doing, it's not doing. And everybody's kind of okay. knowing I'm tired of doing all this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do anything. He doesn't know how to do anything. So it's in all of us. It's, but you have to reteach teach yourself. You have to relearn and see. So when I'm teaching people, I, I communicate with them, Every day, because they'll have problems, I say, This is the same thing. You just don't recognize it's a different facet of the same. Oh my God, I didn't realize. You see, they have to be reminded because you're in pattern. In order to get out of the paradigm, you have to create a new cube, draw a line in the sand, and go, I'm not going back there. And now I have a new process, and now I'm going to stick to this new process. And that's what I do. I make sure every day they're doing it and they're finding because the patterns that they repeat are what we have to talk about. Because we have to learn to unplug the function. And then when they actually do it once, they're like, oh, my God, my boss was so cool. It didn't even, none of it happened. (laughs) And you're like, exactly. Everything could go that way. Everything in your life can go that way if you understand how to work the system. It's
0: an illusion. And so you did that in your own life. When you were dead, pronounced dead for 18 minutes, and you were in that space and then you chose to come back. You saw the parallel life right next to this one. Take us through that story and the process that you went through because that process that you went through is, is exactly what you're talking about here. And it involves yes, exactly. self-love and self-forgiveness.
1: The first thing that I read, again, everything's a process. Everything in physical reality is a process. That's why music is a process, because you're following the upward causation spiral that the universe is putting out. But see, conscious free will has the ability to go from one level to another. Nothing in nature can up-level except for us. We also have the ability to down-level because we don't know what we're doing yet. So consciousness has the capacity to supersede anything. That's why people can be healed instantly, because consciousness knows that it once you recognize and start operating in a different paradigm, you can start creating reality in accordance to your will. And that's why you're here. So it starts opening up very quickly. So when I wanted to come back, I re- and again, there's a space between. It's like most death experiences when people talk, they're like, Oh, I was walking around the hospital and I felt so good and I did this, and I did. You see, they're not dead. There is a there's a life. Well, there's another life and there's this life that you know, people would call the afterlife. But it's really your real life is over there and you're dreaming here. But you have these two different spaces. And then in between is the light. You see, you can't understand what's on the other side. So your psyche turns it into light. You're like, I cannot conceive. Imagine what's over there. So the only thing that I will structure it is as light. It's so bright. I can't see. But once mm. you go through the light, you're back where you used to be. And so if a person doesn't go through the light, they're in the liminal. They're in that's why they can walk around and be godlike and still be but they're still um what's the word? They're still um
0: No, the word I always use this word. <laughs> Is it uh disincarnate? They're still No,
1: they're they are um framing everything in the physical I still see my body I hear the doctors I see my body on the table they're not dead they're in that space between life and death and so this immense power from over here is making you feel free and alive and I could heal myself and I could do because this side is influencing and they're both coming together and that's why death experiences often this liberating but if you go through the light you're dead it's over game over but then you come back and you realize the universe ends when you die there's nobody here you don't have a legacy you don't have anything when you leave this plane it returns to possibility because you the spark have left it wow possibility you and together all that is god goddess all that is it's a three it's a triangulation that's creating reality here and so you're doing the same thing and so once you understand the triangulation my past is creating my future If people are in a pattern, it's because they're taking their past, they're throwing it out, imagining that it could happen, and it happens. And then they're like, "I knew that was going to happen," because you're really living in the past and you already know what's going to happen. But a lot of people are comforted knowing what's going to happen. Like I'm just waiting for the world to end and fuck it, do over. It's a do over. You know, I'm just waiting for you people to pay and God's going to save me and. No, that's not going to happen. It's just going to keep going down, down, down until somebody stops and says, well, I better change my mind now. And you changed
0: your mind. You stopped because here in the hospital, you could have, you could have succumbed to the diagnosis. Well, I knew that's
1: why I set the precedence. You see, as soon as I came back, they came running over. Oh my God, he's alive. And they uncovered me and they were like, or you
0: were in the ambulance, right? I wasn't.
1: I, I was laying on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. I was covered up on the side of the road. Wow. And so I was, when I came back, I could, I was, when I came, I came back in the liminal. I could see everything that was going on. I could hear and I was like, I have to get back in my body now. I'm, I'm halfway here. I've already made the choice. I'm already right here. For instance, if somebody's stuck in a coma, it's like you can talk to them and they could hear you. You could teach them to get out of that because they don't know. They're stuck in the liminal. They don't know how to get out. That's why keeping bodies alive for a long time is a prison for them. They can't get out. They don't know how to get out of the liminal unless you go through the light. And if the light's not there, like, now what do I do? Because I got so entrapped in being in between and watching two things happen, they could get stuck there. So what happened was when I came back, I could see that life was dead. It was like, like fireworks. When you see the sparks go, some are short, some are long. That particular expression of me was short. It was a short life. When the other expressions that looked the same had a different life, longer lives, So I just picked the next one. I was like, well, let me pick one right next to it that lived. And so I could come into the reality and say, okay, I'm, I'm living. I created the reality that I lived. Because there was a reality next to the dead one that was living. Do you see? And so, yeah, everything tasted different. My parents weren't the same. My, my lovers weren't the same. Food didn't taste the same. Nothing was – I was like, oh, my God, this is not the place I came from. But everybody else couldn't tell because my reality was still reflecting from my unconscious, the similar unconscious. So when you're in between – it's kind of like on the computer when you're picking colors and you move the dot into the pink, darker, white, or lighter green, you know, you're moving it around. It's the same thing. You've got all these experiences. And if you want to know more about red, you go after a red, or you go into a green, or you go in, you go into what it is that you want, and then you have your experience. And so you can go anywhere. Your lifetimes aren't linear. They're not consecutive either. You just I, I think, it, you know, Egyptian would have been better for me next time. I'm going there because I, I understood it better there. And you go back and you go this way and you go zigzag. You can do whatever you want because it's free will. And it's the universe of free will and possibility, which is the masculine and the feminine creating and all that is for you to participate in. Does that make sense
0: absolutely it does and um we go deep into the teachings that you offer um we've done a six hour course with you of course you offer personal sessions as well so people can work with you that's really cool let's go back though to um the actual experience of what you did how you uh concentrated um, in that hospital room when everyone said oh you're oh, right. you're really banged up you've got broken bones you, i meant to tell you that paralyzed
1: i set the precedence immediately when they uncovered me they came running over what was and that i like
0: said, so so then you're back me. in your body and well pain. at
1: first again when i was in between i wasn't in pain and oh, i had forgotten that i was going to be in pain
0: <laughs> so i was <laughs> like, done it
1: yeah well i mean you know i, I just didn't I didn't realize it, you know, so I'm like feeling good. I'm like, I got all this information. This is awesome. I'm going back in. And the minute I I, I, I literally laid on the ground next to myself and I looked and I was like, okay, I know what to do because they taught me on the other side because I had asked. I was like, I need to be very clear about how to do this because I could really make a big mistake right now. I could be a quad or a paraplegic and I'm not doing that. So I yeah. want to be clear. I'm not doing that. Right. So I, when I, when oh, right. I. This is what I meant to say earlier, and I sometimes get sidetracked. But if a person's in a coma, they need to get back in their body. They need to feel themselves and to take a deep, firm breath as they imagine that breath coming from the body itself. Because that's what you do when you come in when you're born.
0: Yes. It's
1: all dreamy in another world, and then they make you breathe, and your spirit enters the body at that time. So, your soul comes and then your spirit has to enter and together they spark the the persona. Wow. So, when I came back in my body, immediately I couldn't breathe. It hurt so bad. I was like, oh, and I was coughing and choking and that's how they knew I was alive and they come running over and I was like, get away from me. Just don't touch me. And they're like, sir, you've been, I said, I know what's going on. I know what my name is. I know what I'm doing and I just, I'm going to close my eyes. Nothing is wrong. And I need to meditate for a minute before you touch me and just stay away from me. And I went into a meditation and I was like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. And I'm talking to my higher self. I'm like, I need help like right now. I I thought I knew what I was doing and I don't remember anything like I did two minutes ago. Where did it go? Because it was almost like you're compacting a massive amount of information in a grain of sand. Mm. And this body's not capable of holding all of that. Wow. Your unconscious mind is but not your conscious mind. And so I said it. And when the ambulance, they were already calling me Superman because the policeman got in the ambulance with me because he's like, I need to follow you because you were dead. Now you're not dead. And so, and I said right away, I was like, so what that guy, is he like a manslaughter? If, 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 you know, is that manslaughter for him? And they go, well, we'd have to investigate. I said, well, I'll take 100% responsibility for the accident right now. If I don't wake up or something happens to me, I want you to release that guy. I, there's no reason for his life to be messed up. If right now I could handle that. And while I was in the ambulance, I was talking and I was crying. I, and at the moment when I got in the ambulance, I started realizing, okay, I have to process right now because I'm all taped up. I was blood everywhere and I'm all, and they had me like twisted like this. They didn't want to move my body. So they t- they taped me all up to this board the way that I landed. Oh. And so I was I told them in the ambulance, I said, if you guys listen to me, and I mean, listen to me, I will walk out of the hospital in the morning injury free. I know what to do to heal myself. And I'm demanding that you listen to me right now. And so they were like, okay, whatever you say, Superman. And then they started teasing me. And then when I got in the ER, I did the same thing. You see, you have to respond to reality and you have to, the future has to create the present. since I want to be walk out in the morning The first thing I had to do is when I rolled into ER and they're telling them the stats and they're doing all this stuff, I said, who's in charge? And the guy's like me. I said, you don't do anything to me without telling me what you're doing and what the best result is out of the test. Because all I have to do is imagine the positive result. I just have to imagine. And while I'm imagining, I'm in the MRI machine, the CT scan first for my brain because I was having seizures, and I just was in there and I was in a meditation, imagining my body was fine and working with my higher self and I was holding my reality line. And so I came out and he, I, and he had told me this has to come out positive or maybe it was negative. I don't remember at the time. And I said, OK, it's positive. And they're like, great, you're nothing wrong with your brain, but for sure you got internal injuries, you know, for sure. And I was like, okay, what is the test? So we're gonna do an MRI. So they do the MRI and I'm in meditation. I come out and they're like, there's nothing wrong. Well, for sure you got broken bones, for sure. And I then I went through the x-ray and I I just kept doing taking responsibility. And I said, all I need to know is what the future is. I just need the anchor in the future. And I just need, I don't need to know how you get there. I don't need to know what the tests are. I don't need to understand anything about the test. I just have to understand the feeling that I'm having when you come in and tell me that it's positive Mm -hmm. and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And that's all I did. But again, I know what I'm doing on a lot of levels. Like in the ambulance crying, I, you have to recognize in order to change something, you first have to recognize there's a problem then you have to understand what you're doing. If I don't understand the pro, pro and the con to the situation I'm involved in, I don't really know how to forgive myself for being in it in the first place. You see, and without forgiveness, there is no change. That,
0: so that was everyone, the key element, actually. Yeah,
1: it is. Mm-hmm. It's all change, no matter what. Even if you're changing a belief, you have to forgive yourself for the limiting one. But you have to understand there was a time in my growth when that limiting belief was an expansive one. But beliefs are concrete, they're not flexible. So I create a belief and then I'm this little person in there and I I have lots of space, but I grow and the beliefs do not. So eventually I start hitting the walls of my reality. And all I'm hitting is a belief. I'm not hitting a real wall. I'm hitting a a Uh, limited belief that I have to recognize understand forgive myself for holding all this time and make okay. a new choice right there's a process to everything it's music you have to get in a line with steps and each step has to lead you somewhere and so it, that's what creates a vibration uh-huh. right but now you in order to create reality according to my will i need to create a specific vibration and if it goes through my subconscious, it comes back and I say, I want purple and it comes back green. Mm-hmm. I have to know my filter is whack right now. <laughs> my measuring devices, I wanted purple and I got green. Okay, well, I'm going to work with green because maybe green's better for me. I don't know yet. I have to understand more to, to make a different choice, to forgive myself for something else. You see, you have to work yourself through the machine. Until it turns purple. You don't beg God for it to be purple. You don't beg your higher self. Who wants to work with a begging person? That's not co-creative. Your higher self is looking for the best you. Yeah. In every lifetime, he knows, they know that there's the best you out there that's looking for me. And when that happens, you now start moving into a whole new paradigm. And so it's self-authored. The new paradigm is about Receiving. It's about creating a space in the future and receiving what I want, not doing and figuring out how to control the reality. Control is antithesis to love, freedom, and creativity. The three things we're all having a problem with right now. There's no creativity going on. Nobody's imagining in the 60s everything
0: was the future. The future of cars, the future
1: of space, the future of healing, the future,
0: nothing now. Well, um, there's a lot of distractions outside that keep people's energy tied up away from this creativity, right? Um, so let us let me ha- have you wrap up that conversation because the end of that story is miraculous. Um, you walked out of the hospital hours later, like what, 12 hours later? Something like that.
1: In the morning, really? they told me, don't go to sleep because you're going to a coma. I said, I'm going to go to sleep. Just have some eggs for me. I said, you think I'm going to give my power away now at the end as I'm going to sleep? I need to go to sleep. I need to process all this that's happened to me. And the cop sat there next to the bed all night because they expected me not to wake up. And the morning I woke up and the cop was there and he's like, I can't believe you, man. I never seen anybody do. I've never seen a human being get hit that hard and live. And much less out of here in the morning. He goes, I don't even know what to do with that. And so six doctors came in the morning and they asked me, we want to understand because you came in saying that you could do this and you did it. I said, well, you don't have the measuring device to understand what I did, but I will tell you anybody could do what I did right now. Maybe they couldn't in the moment, but technically everybody has the capacity to do that. Isn't and that
0: wonderful? Yes. That's why I came back. That's recognizing- your mission. You know, I would there's a term ascended master would you consider yourself ascended in this way Uh, because of the awareness
1: well i mean i have trouble with a lot of those labels because a lot of the labels that are been created by adolescents you know what i mean it's like yeah i
0: i i but you're empowered yes Mm -hmm. yes
1: i am and on the other hand is Hey, man, I'm like everybody else here. I just have a lot of great information in my head that's very useful at this time and space. That's yeah. why I came back to this lifetime because I knew this was the one I had the greatest impact in and I wanted it to continue. I you didn't have seen that. You yeah.
0: saw that from your yeah. past, from the lifetimes. You saw the profound.
1: That's how I got back.
0: Without an anchor, you can't
1: get back. Like if you look out on the ocean right now, how do you know what wave did you just come from? Unless it's significant enough wow. to have an anchor. That's how I got back. Without that, you, you will just come back to a sea of possibility and make your choice again. And then be born again. This way, you don't know where to pick. It's, you really can't do it that way unless there's a significance somewhere that stood out and it, it's aligned with consciousness. Like I was conscious when I died, I was conscious before I died and that allowed me to do this. So mm-hmm. yes, I was enlightened before I died. It just gave me another whole perspective that I recognized that the enlightenment that I had gained was so much deeper and so much more profound than I really could understand by not leaving the paradigm. You can only get like so much. And that's why I'm here. Like, I want to push people past that edge. I want to push them beyond where they are because they're just limited by beliefs. You're just limited by beliefs and it's a system that you need to redevelop because you got it unconsciously. You got the system unconscious. Now you just have to bring it conscious and then you can change it. But it's a process.
0: Yes. Awareness, awareness, awareness is key. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask some questions from our audience now because you can help people. You really can. How does one learn to love oneself with so many, many uh, regrets and shame? Seems I really messed up, this person says.
1: Okay. Well, that's a load, a lot to answer. I'm going to do it short because I can't do it long. (laughs) But basically... When you say I've got regrets and you say I'm ashamed, those are two different issues. Shame is the idea that you are not good enough, right? Mm-hmm. A regret is I did something not good enough. And so I regret what I did or I'm ashamed of what I did. A shame is, shame is seeing yourself flawed and defective. And so shame comes from childhood, comes from adolescence and then the adults self perpetuate construct that i was given so you have childhood shame you have adolescent shame and you have adult shame there's different levels of shame and so in the story of the shame you have to go back so being time is an illusion and physical reality is the end of the equation two plus two is four physical reality is four i have to change the functions inside there so i would have to heal my shame. I would have to forgive myself for the for the regrets because really what you're doing is saying, I regret what I I, I don't I'm unforgivable, mm. I, because you're not going to recognize, understand, and forgive yourself and move on. So what happens if you're shame based and based in regret? You're constantly reliving that pain. I'm constantly seeing myself as less than human. And shame creates a superhuman person, the A type personalities that are just trying to do everything they can to get ahead. Because if everybody acknowledges me as being number one, I must be number one, but they never feel good inside. Superhuman or a subhuman. I'm worthless piece of crap and I can't even have a job. I can't hold anything down. And I, I right? There's only two perspectives we go after in shame to try to, to, to avoid that pain. Mm-hmm. So you have to get into a system. You know, again, we can help you do that, but, but you do, you have to be able to recalibrate yourself in the past is no different than the future. They're both illusions that I'm creating. Like the word remember means to go back and put together. You don't even have a memory unless I ask you a question and then you reframe it. This is why over time memories change. You have a situation 20 years ago with someone and you say, oh, this is the way they're like, that's not how it happened. It happened like this because you both changed and your memories do too. Nothing is real. And I mean, that's a hard thing to understand because it seems like there's so much significance and painful emotions will create a tremendous amount of significance around something that I can't release now. Yeah. So forgiveness, right? You have to work your way to forgiveness. I have to recognize it's, you know, my parents told me I was worthless and I believed them. <laughs> I believed them. It wasn't yeah, yeah. them. I believed them. I could have said, screw you. I'm fine, but I didn't. I said, Oh, they're right. They're right. Because I love them so much. Right There's So there's, that's a whole process to release. But so self-love, you have to love yourself enough to not live like that every day. You have to know I'm the one that sees myself as less every day. My parents aren't doing it to me. I'm 50 years old and I'm still remembering myself at 10 years old at the dance that <laughs> this happened. And I got home and my parents said, well, at outfit was terrible what were you you know what i mean it's like you're you you need to release that and since the outside reality is an illusion your internal world in your mind is more real than this you Mm -hmm. have to understand that because this is a feedback mechanism there's electrical impulses in in waves that are being calibrated they're calibrated by my beliefs how much can I hear? How much can I see? How much can I taste? What do I like? What that's all calibrated by beliefs. So my beliefs limit how much I can see or how much, how much I can stretch myself and see this cube that I showed you before possibilities endless, but I live here. Yeah. If I could define this box bring it conscious i could change this box and the things that were existing just on the fringe that always could almost happen to me that almost are these beautiful realities that just don't happen because they're outside my box if i move that box around these dreams around these things then they fit in my probability it's probable for me rather than an impossibility so understanding how, do you how stretch
0: to stretch that box
1: that's a whole process that we yeah, go into. it is but and it really th- is you have to define it right now it's unconscious but it is bringing that box there's techniques and things i teach people to Meditation. understand how to see the box how to know when like to understand when I feel resistance in my life, that's the box, Uh-huh. not something to fight against and say, I'm going to remove myself from all these negative people in my reality because yeah. that's going to make me better. No, it's not going to work because you're just going to create a whole another group two years from now doing the same thing to you. And you wasted two years yeah. avoiding mm-hmm. because when you stuff these bad emotions or these ill emotions in my unconscious, where are they going to go? They got to come at you as the way of the world. They got to look like Trump. They got to look like my dad. They got to look like a shitty boss. They got to look like the 1% is doing it to me. You see the adolescent, that's the adolescent mindset. So you you need to recognize that this does not need to be this way. But if you get wrapped up in it, make it real significant and start making all these sweeping changes because the adolescent likes to do all this black and white work. Let me work on this. And then I end up in the same place. Because I never unplugged the mechanism in the first place, I just reframed. Reframes don't work, and and in most of the time, I don't work with anybody under 30 years old because they haven't hit enough walls yet to recognize. A 28-year-old still thinks they got it figured out. It's not until people are in their 30s, 40s, or 50s when they finally realize, I've hit this so many times, I give up. You know, yeah, the man. best I can do is $15 an hour and live in. Montana somewhere in the woods because that's the only rent I can afford. It's like they're not dreaming, they're not imagining anymore. they're not engaging the human gifts anymore. You see everything it's building it. you have to build a new foundation and that's what you learn. that's the box and I first need to understand the box I'm mean, in and your life is that box. Every limitation, everything is a belief, an attitude, a choice a decision I made or a thought and a feeling I'm having or not having. Because of my adolescent and child, they're really upset in the past, and they're intense about their upset. They're creating from back here. You get in a relationship, they're like, don't do it. You're going to get hurt. Screw them. Tell them who you are what you need. Make them understand you. And then the relationship falls apart, and you're like, well, I'm just not built for relationships. No, you're just not – you don't understand how the mechanism works yet.
0: Mm. And, So the box, it could really be explained. So some people would call it the matrix. But again, when we say the matrix, then it's something outside of us.
1: Yes. But we
0: all are in our own matrix.
1: Yes. Self-authored.
0: It's just not consciously
1: self-authored yet. The whole point to be a God being is to be consciously self-authored rather than self-authored because my child has a definite opinion about what i should do in relationships i mean how many people baby talk to each other in relationship Mm -hmm. because the child is coming out and wanting to be part of it but they don't belong in this time and space but if they were healed in their own time and space they wouldn't push into your time and space the adult needs to be the adult the child doesn't have a choice they can only be a child. An adolescent can only be a child or an adolescent. Adult can be an adult. Take the beautiful qualities, the naivete of the child, the curiosity, the loving everybody, the forgiveness, the capacity a child has, and integrate that in my adult. The passion of the adolescent, the knowing I could change the world, the adole- all that stuff the adolescent had that gave away because it couldn't. The adult can, but it has to be a paradigm shift in order for that to happen and you have to it has to be a process you're not going to do it well i'm just going to be different that doesn't work It, it doesn't work
0: All right. So describe your process. I know we're not going to, we don't have time to go into a meditation, but you can describe a little bit of that process that you do in meditation that actually allows you to be in a comfortable space to imagine. Can you just describe that for everyone?
1: Well, since... The imagination and will are hand in hand. A person who has a strong imagination has a strong will. If they have a strong will, they have a strong imagination. If they're lacking in those things, they've been they've been hurt, and they've diminished their will or their imagination. Because common sense, the word is imagination. Everybody has the ability to imagine, and that's really what common sense means. The common sense is the ability to imagine. We all have that ability, that sense. So... In meditation, it's critical. I mean, I have a tape that we, that's what we had last time. One of those recordings is how to meditate because transcendental meditation is pretty useless. If you want to get your mind all calm, that's the adolescent trying his best to get centered because there's too much going on. Well, all that going on is important to respond to. And it's but you're in- really
0: steering your consciousness.
1: Yes. I go into a safe place. I have a gate. That if I want to leave the safe place, anything goes. But in here, nothing happens except what I say. Uh And I bring my higher self. I bring my guys into my safe place, right? I have all these metaphorical experiences in the meditations because you're cutting off the physical measuring device and going into the more real. Meditation is more real than this. And see, people, at first, they don't understand that. Yeah, Yeah, it's more real because your brain is just getting impulses in the first place from out here. If I say, imagine a nice gooey brownie, your mouth's going to water if you love a brownie because your brain doesn't know if it's here or not. And so imagination, you want to go into a meditation, you want to start imagining, you want to see yourself. This is what a lot of athletes do. I just make the winning shot a hundred thousand times in my meditation until my subconscious gets it and I just go up there and throw the ball up in the air and it goes in because I created the reality you see, the subconscious can get things by rote or it can get things by understanding how to speak to the subconscious. So I also teach people how to do that. Mm-hmm. How does a person learn to create a living, breathing relationship with my subconscious? Yeah. Because that's the person. That's the gatekeeper. That's the person when I'm winning that I lose again. I, I knew it was going to happen because this the. The subconscious has perfect integrity. It loves you. It's not going to change its mind and then screw up your reality so you don't know what to change. Because when you were eight years old, you decided it was this and, your subco- and you were so intense about that. Your subconscious, there's more intention and more pressure and more significance at that age than there is today because I'm diminished as the adult. I'm not empowered as the adult. Mm. So I, I'm not feeling like I used to. So I can't override the program. So in meditation, you need to learn how to feel. You need to learn how to like, just a silly example, create your favorite meal and smell it and sit there and smell it and cut it and feel what it's like to cut it and take, because it's the same thing, but it's more real. It's more real there. That's amazing. And so you practice in meditation because really what you're doing, you're bringing the more real into an illusion. Wow. So you do things in meditation to set, The receiving up, if I do it in meditation first and I have, and I generate because that's why thoughts and feelings have depth. Thoughts and feelings never go without each other. People don't understand that really either. If I'm having a negative feeling, I had a shitty thought. It may be in a pattern and I didn't hear it, but it's in there. Mm -hmm. And if you just back up and go, what was I feeling right before, or what was going on right before I was feeling that you'll realize, oh, I know what, see, so I help people find those things. I back them up and I reverse engineer. So it's their thing. I'm working their thing. I'm not telling them what to do or how to be. I'm just co-creating with them. And since I have all the maps out of wherever they are, for the most part, I haven't not figured out one yet. I resolve these things for people. And so people need some people. One session, they can resolve a tremendous amount. Depends on where they are. Some people have a lot of pain and a lot of things that they have to chip away at until it falls over. But it's a learning process. But the minute you take on physical realities, I'm 100% God being self-authored, and I have to create my own reality. I'm going to do that. It changes everything. Because every time you're feeling disempowered or feeling like a victim, you back up and go, what? I can't feel like that anymore. I cannot do that anymore. And now you start the path. And then your life starts being the one that your higher self is looking for. You start doing what you came here to do. And then the co-creative process intensifies and you start realizing, I don't want to control anything. I just want to receive that which I desire. And so you do it in meditation and you try and you look for the signs the next day. If I had a meditation yesterday that I wanted this to go well, I need to look for it the next day. Like, where is it on the horizon? Where's my meditation show? up? What happened? Oh, I wanted purple and it came green. Let me find out why it came green. Let me, you know, and of course, you don't, You, you it's very hard to do it alone. But you got 8 billion people here to help you. You're not supposed to do it alone.
0: <laughs> well, it's beautiful. And, and you're such a living example of that. And this is such an empowering conversation. So I do just want to thank you for that. I want to ask Grace. Grace, you met, you two met after the accident and um rick you've shared this story that you just knew you just knew that you guys were meant to be together so grace can you share what your how your life has changed or your perspective has changed um because of your um awareness with with rick what he's given you
2: oh yeah thanks for asking um because my life has changed dramatically since i've met rick and being with Rick has affirmed a lot of kind of like, you know, what he's saying is true, but you don't have words for it. And when I met Rick, it was like all of my relationships were falling apart. My mom disowned me. My dad didn't want to, did not agree with what, how I was living my life. Um, and even my friends, there was this big chasm that was being created between my loved ones. And I remember this moment in yoga teacher training where, thank you. I was feeling like totally misunderstood. I I was feeling misunderstood, unappreciated, unsupported, and very much in victim mode. And my big aha moment was when my yoga teacher said, Grace, you know, you create your reality, right? And it was like the light bulb went off. I I had heard it so many times, but, It was that moment when I was like, she's right. And I'm finally ready to do something about it. But what do you do with that? It's such a big, it's like a little statement, but it's so all encompassing. You're like, okay, well, what do I do now? And I had come to this point where I realized this is like a pattern in all of my relationships. And it's funny how you create opportunities to grow and change because later on Mm -hmm. that week I met Rick and, I met him at a talk, and it was like he did know instantly that it, it w- w- this was going to happen, and this is how it was going to be. And he really created this safe space for for me to step into it. And I mean, our lives have unfolded dramatically. I I, I part of me always wanted to be a mom, but I was too afraid to be a mom, and. And it was like, we moved to Austin last year and I could have never even imagined that for myself. I mean, I had never even been to Texas and I came out of meditation one day and I was like, I got a whisper, maybe, maybe Austin's the place for us. So it's like, it's opened me up to this, this new level of trust and knowing that the imagination is so powerful, like how I was imagining for myself before was so limited. And that's really what we're helping our clients do is release this old paradigm so that they can step into a new way of imagining for themselves. And it's like your dreams are really just bridges to new destinations. You don't know how they're going to unfold always. And, and like Rick said, the filter comes back and sometimes you get green and you were wanting purple. But hey, green actually looks really good on me. So let mm-hmm. me try it on and respond to it rather than okay. judging and separating from what it is I'm creating and knowing, hey, I'm in the driver's seat right now. So let me embrace everything that's coming rather than pushing away from it. So I've, I've become much more trusting of who I am and, and what I'm doing here.
0: Great. And so it's also a reminder to be gentle with ourselves, right? And not oh, to love. judge ourselves too harshly. Here's a comment coming in. Susan Susan says that she's always believed that she could imagine and create, um, and she's done so, but has been disappointed in those creations. Um, and she's lost faith in her capacity to create what it is that she truly wants. So um what do you say about that? You know, you're one foot in front of the other, right?
1: Yeah. Well, like when we work with people, we draw a line in the sand from basically from the moment they sign up, they're already working because I know in my reality, I'm creating people that want to change. You know, this isn't for everybody. Most people can't take this level of responsibility. It's only for a very select group. And I'm fine with that. I'm not looking to be a Tony Robbins. I don't want to talk to 20,000 people in a stadium. I, I can't do that. I need to be intimate and tight with the person and to do it, you know, and I'm getting better. like we have groups of 12 now in our situation, you know, and I'm opening to that, but I don't want that for sure. But what I'm trying to say is I'm sorry, I just lost my mind because he's fussing..
2: <laughs> <laughs> Man.
1: Help me with that. Yeah, now.
2: for sure. It's really about oh, expectations. You just
1: pooped on my leg.
2: <laughs> <know>. Oh, nice. <laughs> I
1: mean, not on my leg, but I felt it. You
0: imagine that. You imagine it, that. It totally like, blew me out. I was like, he's pooping on my leg right now. <laughs> go ahead, Grace. Right.
2: It's about creating uh, positive boundaries for yourself and a positive future for yourself, right? And when we have disappointments, yeah. it's really a dashed expectation. But it's so important to have those expectations and to go through the process of, uh, in a sense, grieving a a loss because when an expectation is dashed, you're going through that loss.
1: And it's a feeling of loneliness. This is why people don't want to have expectations because when it gets dashed, I feel lonely and that's the worst feeling of all. So I'm just going to eradicate loneliness by not having expectations anymore are That'll you saying no
0: expectations or we should have high them. Expect, high as expectations. high as
1: you can imagine
0: okay imagine because i'm setting high. a
1: winning tone like i'm not going to go into a basketball game and imagine myself not winning i gotta imagine if we won the game is won. i'm just playing the game now for fun okay. and you hold that that line through to that future while you play you don't lose it go oh we're losing now it doesn't matter at the end we won. We're just, the scores always go up and down. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would,
2: I would encourage Susan to really be present to what is it that you're truly expecting for yourself? Are you saying that you're expecting one thing and then in your heart thinking it's going to fail and and being conscious of where you're, you're placing your expectations.
1: If you ever hear yourself say, oh, I knew that was going to happen. That's a key that you are expecting that to happen. And you got your expectations. You just don't realize that's what you're doing. Especially when you say, I knew that was going to happen. You're like, well, then you, you created reality perfectly right there. Mm. You're all, everybody's already doing it. They're just not conscious of it.
0: Yeah, you know, there's quantum physicists, researchers who say, you know, we should say, how good can it get? And that's exactly what you've done. How good can it get? Yeah. Imagine the greatest possible
1: life with no problems, really. And anybody can do that. I'm I'm going after bigger dreams all the time, but I mean it's been years since I really had a life with any problems. And you know, people are like, what? Yeah, no, I don't have any problems. And that's because I've already removed them. I know why they existed. I appreciated those problems. And I moved past them in a very uh in in a process. It's a process. <laughs> it's I don't process. you know, once it's you understand process. it, it's like, oh my God, so duh. So he, it's not really brain surgery. It's just not known.
2: Well, it's not and I understood. think we've also been conditioned to grow through pain and struggle where the new paradigm is really about growing through preference and joy. And, and it doesn't have to be so painful.
1: Yeah. Pain and struggle is the old paradigm because, you know, common religion sees God as something that is mean and not kind of nasty and can punish me and, you know, and I have to be better and I'm a sinner. I mean, all these, even if you're not religious, that's still part of the paradigm, pain and struggle. And what that really means is what they're understanding is we're not supposed to serve anyone. You're not here to serve anyone ever. That's just a construct that people have. That's from the past that says, Oh, if you're a good person, you, 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 you care to other people. That's only if you feel like it, you're not here to serve anybody. You're here to serve yourself. And, and, That And, of course, the adolescent goes, here to serve myself, right? It's like you you don't understand that, yeah, you're here to learn how to be a reality creator. You're here to understand what it is to be understanding and loving. And you're going to take that because when you leave this physical plane because you were here, you understand more about creating than most of the entities on the other side because it's so long division here. You have to learn math in order to create here. And so that intensifies your experience here that elevates your experience on the outside. You're only here because you're elevating your artistic expression on the other side. That's really why you're here because create here. I really have to know what I'm
0: doing. (laughs) Beautiful. Uh, This again is such an empowering conversation. It's so refreshing to hear you. We've got, um, You know, uh, there's a, there's Lisa Transcendence Brown, who she ascended in the physical body and she speaks just like you, you know, so here we are different people, different realities, but everyone's kind of saying the same thing and it's beautiful. So I want to, I want to share your special offer. We've got a special offer with you. I want to direct our um, community to the links on this webpage. You can visit acoustichealth.com special offers and you can see the special offer from Rick and Grace. One is some audios that you've got that explains more of this process. Plus, there's the six-hour online healing retreat. It's a master class that we did full of really great information with both of you. And then you're also offering a breakthrough session. So... That's really significant for people. I really appreciate you making that available for everyone. Do you want to just talk about that, that breakthrough session?
2: I would really like to talk about it because I'm the one who encouraged Rick to do it. And I've been really wanting him to offer this. When we work privately with our clients, it's a three-month commitment and it's a big deal. It's intense. It's profound. It's transformational and it's 15K. And people come to us and they're wanting a smaller commitment. And so this is what we came up with for your audience, because we love working with your group in particular. Um, It's a breakthrough session. And really what it's about is coming to awareness around that one limiting belief, because you'd be so surprised at how widespread that limiting belief is in your life. It's like, How it's playing out with your relationships, with your finances, in your career, can be boiled down to this one fundamental belief. Now, it's a 45 minute call with Rick. I'm busy with baby, so he's taking this on. And it's 179. And that's a tremendous value because we're bundling it with our audios too. So with that session, you'll get the recordings to help you understand what conscious reality creation is. You'll get like a full background of Rick's story. Like, I mean, there's so many little facets to Rick's story and it's fascinating. Um, And in that bundle, you'll also get how to meditate. It's the imaginative meditation technique. And there's a little mini guided uh, meditation. So that will actually coincide perfectly with that session because Rick has this wonderful ability to pinpoint reverse engineer like the the upsets the setbacks the limitations um it's it's really just a beautiful one-on-one time with Rick so I hope you all take advantage of it
0: Beautiful. That is available on the special offer button that's available on the website, AcousticHealth.com. We really thank you for that. You do tremendous work. um, and, And it is our beliefs that limit us and get us in the way. And so your life is testimony to that. And it's really just a remarkable, remarkable story. Very good. Well, I just want to thank you both for being here and sharing that story and sharing this great uh, wisdom. And as we leave and close our conversation, let's say something for all those folks who are just perturbed. I mean, my husband is the same way. We were talking about this. Um, We can feel uh, a victim to... Um, our outside world of politics or whatever, but that really steals our energy. So, what is your advice for someone to shift? I, I know it goes back to personal beliefs, um, but some are just really kind of frustrated. They can blame political parties for this or for that, and really, the way to rise above it is to get creative.
1: Yeah, and and you know, open up dialogue rather than exchanging dogma. You know, to start really understanding that the only way that we're, you know, it's like the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, it's united we stand. It's, it's, we need to be able to work through things together, not alienating and separating, and then assuming I'm going to work it out with my group and to hell with the other group. And see, that's the adolescent, you know, in the wave of human consciousness awakening, there's also a vibration that experiences, you experience it in your, personal life but it's also going on in the consensus and that is this transition humanity has gone through its infant stage it's gone through its adolescent stage and the stage that's happening now what all the mayans and everybody was assuming that everything ended was because a new human was about to come out of itself out of its cocoon in a way and see since going from adolescent since the masses haven't really gone through it. If you haven't had a transformational choice from adolescence, from what child to adolescence and adolescence to adulthood should be more transformational than childhood puberty to go from adolescent to adulthood. If you don't have any of that, you're not there. And I'm, that's not a judgment. It's just, it's natural because we're only now opening up to shifting ourselves into a whole new way. And so the reality is just reflecting all that stuff, the adolescent has not resolved. And, it's, and that's the best way I can explain it. And as soon as you start resolving it, you start finding people that think like you and people that want to do good. It's like, for, before you know it, you don't have any problems. You'll see problems in the world. It's not like they're gone, but they're not yours anymore. And so, victim, as soon as you start getting angry, you have to stop and go, what did I just think before I got angry? I did that. I'm getting angry. You're not making me angry. I'm getting angry because I'm not comfortable with what's going on because my beliefs don't fit. You see, like it's a chain reaction and somewhere recognition is the first step to change. Somewhere I have to recognize it's me because when you start doing this, is like I like to say, you're human homeopathic. When you start walking through the world without problems and you're engaging people and listening to them and not because I'm going to listen because I'm a good listener, (laughs) No, because I want to know what you have to say. I want to know who you are. I want to know how we can work together. That's fun. And that can only come from a person that has a set value system that they're operating from, not somebody else's. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you don't feel somebody else's inside. You don't know when you're not doing the right thing, when it's somebody else's system. When it's your system, the minute you're out of character, you feel the lack of self-esteem. You feel it and you're like, I'm losing it right now. I'm doing that, right? So there has to be some place to shift. Recognition is the first step to change. There has to be a recognition. And so just catch yourself upset and know that you're the one that's upset. Nobody's doing it to you. You're in an illusionary reality that you're generating completely yourself. When you die, the universe is game over. This universe doesn't exist anymore when you leave it. It's yours. It's yours. And so everybody else has theirs, and we interpret them through our unconscious and subconscious. So, yeah, everybody makes sense, and there's this, you know, all this stuff going on out there. It's, it's not really going on out there. It's going on in here, and since you don't know it, it has to go on out there to make you aware so you can react to it appropriately. And the adolescent cannot react appropriately as we see every day.
0: Mm-hmm. So, in the end, would you say it's just a return to love? It's all lessons in love? It is all lessons
1: in love, but it's a very complex love. <laughs> yeah
0: (laughs) all right so happy dreaming everyone happy creations in your meditations we got this right we got this yeah
1: we do i appreciate you saying that because that's what i always like to say we got you got this we got this
2: yeah well you certainly got this on the planet for those of you watching
1: there's no you're watching her show Yeah, that's already you have enough you're already creating that some guy is either pissing me off or he's really (laughs) opening my mind up because that's really how it works. It's a projection, but you're creating that somebody's in front of you saying there's a whole new way to be and I'm saying I can do it. I can do it. I can help you.
2: You Now it's
1: up to you to choose and maybe I'm a one whisper out of the 15 that you might get before you make that decision. But I want to be a nice, strong whisperer, maybe more. Sh- you
0: yeah, would like to say belief systems are BS and you're a BS whisperer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. They're all
1: false. <laughs> no matter how good they are, they're still false beliefs because they're, they're in here when the universe is out here. And this little peephole can only see so far into what's possible. Not everything is possible for everyone. Only out of my peephole is what's possible.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. What an extraordinary quantum conversation. I'm so glad you could both be with us and baby Maverick too, awesomeness. Thank you both so much for this quantum conversation.
2: Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a joy, always.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. What's that? Over already? (laughs) It's over already, oh my goodness. I was having so much fun. (laughs) It is fun. This was really fun today. And I'm um real I'm like really warm and I'm very happy. And it gives me great hope, actually. And so thank you for sharing and everyone who's taking this to heart. It is um beautiful. And so we get to steer our consciousness. And thank you, Rick and Grace, for helping everyone get there as well with the personal sessions that you do. Thank you both so much all right
1: well then i'll wait for the next time we talk
0: (laughs) have you back again yay all right thank you you so much bye bye